Would you turn with me this morning to the book of uh, Mark, Mark chapter 9, and also uh, the book of Hebrews, Mark chapter 9, and then also Hebrews 11. In uh, Mark, the ninth chapter, last week, we got into some detail about the faith of Jesus, and we saw these comments that Jesus made about the subject. Mark 9, a man had a son whom the scripture calls a lunatic. Uh, We see that he had seizures, and it had been that way a long time. And he had gone into these seizures and had fallen in the water. And of course they'd think he's going to drown. And he'd go into the seizure by a fire and fall in the fire and get burned. And this had been happening for years and years. How many know that's devilish? There's something trying to destroy a life. Is there anything more powerful than that? Certainly God is well able to heal and deliver. And this man brought his son to Jesus' disciples because they had been getting people set free and healed. But they prayed and they ministered to the boy and nothing happened. He was no better. How many understand that just because somebody prays for you and you didn't get healed, that does not reveal that it's not God's will to heal you. Hmm? This means for some reason you didn't receive. You say, well, people who prayed over me, you know, must have been 30 times now to receive the Holy Ghost. And I still don't speak in tongues. All that means is you haven't received. Doesn't mean that you can't receive or that you're not supposed to receive or that it's not for you. Well, I've had the best in the land pray for me to be healed and I'm still just as sick as ever. All that means is that you haven't received. Did you hear me? It's still God's will for you to be healed. Right? How many understand these people were in the company of Jesus? They were charged and ordained and authorized and empowered and sent by him. And they failed to get this boy set free. And it didn't prove a thing about the will of God. It just proved that they failed to get him free and the man failed to receive. But when Jesus came down from the mount, the man saw him and he ran to him and he fell down. He said, Lord, if you can do anything, did you know that if is the badge of doubt. You can't say if in faith. (laughs) Are you with me now? If you can do anything, have compassion on us and heal us. And what did Jesus say? Our other translations bring out, if I can, Jesus said, In other words, what do you mean, if I can? How many understand it is absolutely unnecessary to ask God, can he fix it? (laughs) Right? To question his ability. No, he said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. And the man said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And we made this statement, you know, that Brother Hagin has said so many years. He said, faith will work in your heart with thoughts of doubt in your mind. Oh, that's something good to know. The man is saying, when he heard the words of Jesus, if you can believe all things are possible to him that believes. All things are possible to him that believes. That rang in his spirit. And his spirit rose up in faith. Faith comes by hearing. When he heard that, faith rose up in his heart and he said, I believe it. And then 
He remembered all these seizures this boy has had and how many doctors said he couldn't be healed and how many people prayed for him and all these thoughts of doubt are bothering him. And he said, uh, I believe. Who help my unbelief. But the next thing we see, the boy is delivered. He is fine. So there's no question that faith will work in your heart, even with some thoughts of doubt in your mind. It did, and it will for you. Now notice, all things are possible to him or her that believes. Say that out loud. All things are possible to him that believes. Say it again. All things are possible to him that believes. Say it again. All things are possible to him that believes. Now we went over about three main things last week. But uh, let me just review for those who weren't with us. Number one, faith is required. Everybody say required. It's not optional. It's required. You can't refuse to believe and get God to move for you some other way. People are trying it all the time. People try to move God by begging, by being pitiful. People are trying to move God by trying to act like he owes them something. I've been a good Christian, Lord. I've done all this for you now. You ought to do this for me. Oh, no, no, no. He owes you no blessing because of your works. You can't do enough good works to earn a healing or earn a deliverance or earn a blessing. No, no. But Jesus has already bought and paid for it. And it's available free by faith. Everybody say by faith. Not some other way, but. By faith. Remember Jesus said, go into all the world. Preach the good news to every creation. And what? He that believes and is baptized will be saved. He that believes not will be damned. Is believing optional? Hmm? Is there any other way to be born again or to get in the kingdom or to see God, get in heaven? Is there any other way? There is no other way. It's not optional. You either believe God or you're not saved. Right? You either believe God, faith or nothing. There's no other way. You either believe God or you don't get born again. And the same thing is true about every other area of life. Just like being born again, you either believe God or you don't get healed. You either believe God or you don't get your bills paid. Right? You can cry. You can tell everybody how bad you need it. You can beg. You can be pitiful. You can worry yourself silly. You can pace the floor. And it'll be all for nothing. It'll just ruin your health. God's not moved by need. He's not moved by how much you want something. Or how badly you need it. What causes God to respond to you? Faith. Faith. How many times, see, Jesus told people, according to your faith be it unto you was Jesus a teacher of faith did he teach faith well what's this right here he says what do you mean if I can if you can believe all things are possible to see people who make fun of faith don't realize it but they're making fun of Jesus well y'all are that name it and frame it bunch at blab it and grab it confess it and possess it 
People say things like that with a despising tone. Ah, those are those faith people. Well, who said if you would not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you said came to pass, you would have what you said? Who said that? Who was teaching when that was recorded? These are the words of the master. So who are they making fun of? He's the one that said, believe it in your heart, say it with your mouth, and you'll have what you say. He's the one that said all things are possible to him that believes. He's the one that said according to your faith, it'll be to you, and he said it a dozen times. Jesus taught faith. He taught about faith. And oh, he had and has faith. Did he walk in faith? Did he live in faith? Demonstrate faith, pray in faith, preach faith. Yes. Now it has to be that way. Go to Hebrews now. Look at the 11th chapter. It has to be this way because of this verse, Hebrews 11 and verse 6. Let me say it one more time. Was Jesus a faith preacher? Was he a faith person? Yes. Yes. So if you're going to be like him, do you have to be a person of faith? Yeah. So why would anybody make fun of faith? Or make light of faith? But people do. But not us here at Faith Life Church. No. We live a life of faith. Right? Right? And you're going to see here one of the big reasons why we emphasize it so much. Hebrews 11.6. Are you there? What does it say? Hebrews 11.6. But without faith. It's what? It's hard. It's rare. What? (laughs) You don't see it very often. No. You never see Anybody pleasing God with anything that there was no faith in it. Never has been, never will be. But we talked about last week what a strong word this is and how rarely you see this word used in connection with God. When you say God and it's impossible for something in connection with God, that's rare to see that, right? Because he's God. But we saw last week, it is impossible for him to lie. Right? And we talked about what an important thing it is to be a person of integrity. And that your words, you can't have faith and be a liar. We couldn't have faith in God. If he ever told one lie, it would undermine our ability to trust him and have faith in him. In fact, the whole world and the heavens and the universe had come apart because all things are upheld by the integrity of the word of his power. God has never told a lie and he never will. He could not tell a lie and be God. Jesus said, I am the way, the what? Truth. Truth. The truth. He's the light, the life, the way, but he is the truth. Truth. Everybody say truth. Truth. Didn't you say he tells the truth? He is truth. The spirit of God is called the spirit of truth. truth. The word of God is called the word of truth. truth. 
There is absolutely no deception. No falsehood in God. In the dealings and workings of his spirit or in his holy word. There is not one false word. None never will be. Aren't you glad that you can trust God without reservation knowing that there is no way it is impossible that he's ever going to lie to you. Impossible. Right? Well, now here's something just as impossible. It's impossible that you're going to please God with no faith. Right? Is it possible to pray all night long Without faith. It is. People have done it many a time. It's called worrying. (laughs) They keep telling God about the problem. Oh God. Oh please. Look at this situation. He knew it before you started. But people are telling him about it a thousand times. While they miss sleep. Oh I prayed all night about it. And you can look at them in the next morning. And they're just dejected. And they're worn. And you know they'd have been better off asleep. Because unbelieving prayer is vain, and there's no way God can be pleased with an unbelieving prayer. Right? Right? It is impossible to please God in an offering with no faith. You could write a check for $1 billion this morning, and it would not impress God. And it would not please Him unless you gave it how? In faith. In faith. Somebody said, why? Well, certainly they'd be given in faith. No, people give all the time. Not in faith. They give for all kinds of ulterior motives and reasons. People give for public relations. Did you hear me? They give to try to buy influence and favor. They give for all kinds of reasons. No. From the time we get up in the morning to the time we go to bed, everything we talk about, everybody we meet, every transaction we do, everything that goes on in our life, if it's going to please God, there's got to be what in it? There's got to be faith. Then should we talk about faith? Should we teach about faith? Should we? Yes. Do you want to please God? Oh, it should be such a desire in our heart that God be pleased with our life. Is it strong in you? Stir it up if it's not. Do you desire that God be pleased with your marriage? That God be pleased with your children? With what goes on in your house? Your work? Your business? How many have a desire that God be pleased with this church? Be pleased with the services? Be pleased with the outreaches and the activities? That we don't do anything that grieves Him or displeases Him? Is that strong in your heart? It should be. Of course, we've got the major key to it. What is it? Faith. Faith. Faith, which means you must pull in the parking lot and park your car in faith. Right? You must come in these doors, how? In faith. Well, what if you're mad at somebody because they got your parking place? Would you be in faith? Faith works by love, right? Huh? What if you come in depressed and aggravated and irritated? Is that coming in in faith? No, then you're coming in. If you come in like that, you're coming in did not please the Lord. We must come in in faith. Sit in faith. Sing in faith. Give in faith. Pray in faith. Preach in faith. Do you know there's a lot of preaching that's not in faith? 
There's a lot of teaching. It's not in faith. You know, there's a lot of teaching is a woe, woe, woe unto you. <laughs> right? And I mean, it's doom and it's gloom and it's destruction. Right? And when you leave, if you left anything, you left scared. Like, whew, boy, bad stuff's going on. Bad stuff's going Well, no. Sometimes there are some things we need to look at, but no matter what's going on or what's coming up, we know the God who delivers us and protects us and keeps us. And the Bible said he will deliver us from the wrath to come. I said, aren't you scared, you know, about what's coming up? Uh, yeah, for lost people. Not for myself. Did you hear what I'm saying? No, we're, we are not supposed to be down. We are not supposed to be depressed trying to project that we're spiritual. Oh, there's so much need in the world, Brother Keith. Well, do something about it. Shout. Well, I can't meet all the needs in the world. Really? Did you ever think you could? Or there was a possibility you ever would? You were never the Savior and you never will be the Savior. You've never been the provider and you never will be the provider. And so for you to go around and worry and go around depressed about the needs of the world is pride. Ugly, stinking pride trying to act like you could change it all if you decided to. No, you're supposed to do your part. Do what the Lord directs you to do and then cast the care about the rest of it over on Him and enjoy your salvation and let God bless you because it's not how sad you are that leads people to the Lord. It's the goodness of the Lord in your life that will draw people to Him and lead them to repentance and change. Hmm? It's too many times that people have been beat down, they're broke, they're sick, their stuff is tore up, they're damaged, their life's a mess. And they try to tell people, you know, well, God is taking me through a rough way and he's teaching me through all these things. And yeah, he made me sick and yeah, he sent that tornado and blow my house down. And and yeah, he made my transmission break, but he's teaching me some valuable things. And don't you want to join the flock? And sinners go, (laughs) no, no thanks. They've already got a shepherd that still kills and destroys. Right? No. No, it's when we're delivered. It's when we're healed. It's when we're protected. It's when we overcome. It's when we're victorious. And people look at us and go, man, whoo, you're something. How do you do that? You say, hey, you think I'm something? You ought to see my shepherd. How do you do it? Well, I got a good shepherd. And he takes good care of me. And we're still taking applications for the flock. Right? People want a good shepherd. They want a God like that. And that's who he really is. God's been lied on. In church. Right? He has. Let's see to it that we don't do it. Without faith, it is what? Not just hard, not rare, impossible. There's no way that you can or ever will please God in anything without faith. For he that comes to God must, see we've been talking about this, is faith optional. It's not optional. It's required. God requires us to have faith and believe him. He that comes to God must 
believe. Believe what? That God exists. If you didn't believe God existed, you wouldn't be here this morning. Right? That's why some people are not here this morning. Uh, Maybe he is, maybe he's not. I don't know. I'm glad I'm not there. How about you? What a bleak, dark place to live. I know better. And you got to believe what else? Not just believe that God exists. Not just believe God is, but what else? You must, not should, must believe that he is and you must believe that he is a rewarder. Oh, hallelujah. Boy, you could preach a whole month right there. He's a what? Rewarder. See, some people think all God is is a punisher. It's all they've ever heard. It's all they think about. Watch out. Watch out. Whoo, he'll get you. He's got his stick raised and he's waiting for you to make a mistake. Boom, he's going to get you. No, you must believe what? That God will get you? No, believe that he is a, which is another way of saying he's a good God. He's a good God. What does that mean? He'll bless you. You reach up to him. You believe him. You obey him. He will reward you. Oh, come on. Somebody ought to get stirred up about this this morning. It's already begun to happen with a number of people in this church. And it's just getting started. That you are getting serious about God. You read your chapter. And you talk about how good it is. Oh, did you see that? Oh, that's good. Glory to God. Oh, that answer is something I've been looking for for three years. Look at that. And you do it every day. It sets a pillar down in your life. You begin to be rooted and grounded and not shaken. And we got people that are putting God first and they're sowing and they're sowing service and they're, you know, getting their priorities right. And what is happening is God is beginning to reward them. Because they are seeking him diligently. They're looking towards him and putting him first. And you've just begun to sit. I'm telling you, God is raising up some people in this place big time. He's going to give you ability. He's going to give you finance. He's going to give you wealth and influence. Glory to God. Reward you. Reward you. He's going to protect your kids. You know, Brother Hagin uh, said uh, years ago he was in the ministry. His son... Ken Jr. was in the military on the other side of the world. And he was in a meeting and in the bed at night and was wakened in the middle of the night. And he knew in his heart that his boy was in danger. Just knew it. He started praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. And he prayed in the spirit. And the Lord spoke to him and said, he's going to be fine. He said, but if you hadn't obeyed me. And, did, you know, he left his church in security where he was, went out in the road ministry and did some things that weren't comfortable. He said, if you hadn't obeyed me on that, he said, they'd have brought him home in a box. But you obeyed me and I'll protect him and I'll bring him home. Now, is that a rewarder? Does God look out for you in the things that count? And that very night, they figured the time, that very night at that time, he was out riding a motorcycle with some guys and they were cutting up and, and you know, acting wild and they were ripping around a road and he lost his traction and got on the side of the road and got in some gravel and it was on a mountain. And uh, next thing you know, they were slipping and sliding. Next thing you know, he's back up in the middle of the road. 
And they went and looked at it and they saw the tire track go off the edge. How's that work? And then you're back up in the middle of the road. Angels. But not just angels. God having a right to do something for you. Why? How many know when you put God's things first and you take care of his, he is going to take care of yours. You obey him and put him first, he's going to reward you. He's going to look out for you. Keep you. You must believe, not should, must believe that God is. And you must believe what? He's a rewarder. You reach up, he's going to reach down. You draw near to him, he's going to draw near to you. You knock, he's going to open. You seek, he's going to cause you to find. You ask, he's going to give it to you. Right? You serve him, he's going to bless you. And you say, well, you just never know. You just have to live. No, no. You're supposed to expect it. Expect it. Right? That God's going to bless me. I'm serving him. He's going to bless me. I'm believing him. He's going to take care of me. Right? Good things are happening for me. And they're going to happen for me. Because I serve God. Can you say amen? Faith is not optional. If you're going to please God, you must believe. Well, let's get into some things about what faith is, because there, I know from some small experience, there's so much confusion on this subject. Hebrews 11.1 1 is the Bible definition of faith. And he doesn't just give you the definition, but then he goes on throughout the rest of the chapter, giving you living examples of what he just described. Right? He said, this is what faith is. And then he said, uh, by faith, this one did this. And by faith, this one did that. By faith, Noah. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Abraham. Giving you living examples of people that pleased God in their life. I'm interested you don't get in this chapter 11 by displeasing God. They're in this chapter because their life and their conduct and their response pleased God. And it was all through their faith in him. Hebrews 11.1, 1, what does it say? Now faith is, faith is what? Are we seeing the answer to the question, what is faith? What is, if you said, Brother Keith, what is faith? Right here. Faith is. What is it? The substance of things hoped for. What else is it? It's the evidence Of things not seen. Everybody say hoped for. for. Not seen. seen. Let's take that first phrase. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now the word substance, if you look it up, it comes from the word that means foundation. That which stands under. This building is on something. Right? It's built on something. It's built on a foundation. And faith, you can use that word. Faith is the foundation for what? For things hoped for. It is, other translations use the word confidence. It is the confidence, it is the assurance, it is, I like the word foundation, it's a literal word. 
faith is the foundation that hope stands on. No faith means no hope. Now, when you say the word hope, you almost always have to stop and define it. Because it means a completely different thing in the New Testament than it does in modern vernacular. In modern usage, the word hope has been watered down and diluted until it means very little. You can ask people, well, you know, do you believe that God's going to move and bring that money in for you and you'll pay that thing off? And some of the people say, well, I sure hope so. Now, what do they mean when they say that? I sure hope so. What are they saying? What they're saying is, I'd sure like for it to. I want it to. And, you know, maybe it will. Maybe it won't. I, but I sure hope so. Right? That is not what the Bible is talking about when it says substance of things hoped for. That is not what he's talking about. Not at all. You look up the word hope. You see it many times in the New Testament. The word hope literally means, you see it translated in dictionary after dictionary, well defined, I should say, by the word expectation. Expecting. Expectation. One uh, dictionary says confident expectation. Another one says joyful Confident expectation. Everybody said out loud. Expectation. Say it again. Joyful. Confident. Expectation. Now, in, you know, a few decades of walking with God and endeavoring to learn about faith, this is one of the most helpful things that I personally have gotten a hold of. That taught me about faith and about how faith works. You can sum it up in that one word. Expectation. Expectation. Expecting. If you are in faith, you are expecting. Expecting. And I'll go a little bit further. If you are expecting, you are excited. Now you've heard us talk about this before, right? This is how you get results. Now, faith in and of itself is not expecting, if you want to be technical about it. Faith is persuasion. Being persuaded of something. Trusting in something. But then because you are persuaded of something, it gives you hope. Which is confident, joyous expectation. Right? We talked about this before. Faith is trust. Faith is confidence in not just something, faith in God, faith in the person of God. That's what we talked about, him not being able to lie. Faith in me is faith in a person. Faith in you is faith in a person. Faith in God is faith in a person. We don't just have faith just in a book. Not just in ink and paper. We have faith in the one. The one who said the words. 
that are in the book. We don't just trust the book. We trust him. Right? Our confidence is in him. And when God tells you something, for instance, let me just give you a brief list. In the Bible, Bible uses the word hope all the time. Listen to some of these. The Bible talks about the hope of the promise. The hope of the gospel. The hope of salvation. The hope of righteousness. The hope of the glory of God. The hope of his calling. The hope of glory. The hope of eternal life. The hope and resurrection of the dead. The Bible calls God the God of hope. Hope. Now let's talk about the hope of the resurrection of the dead. Did God tell us that he's coming back? Did he tell us that the dead in Christ shall rise again? Did he tell us that we are going to be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye? Hmm? Do you believe that? What does that mean? Now let's take it a step at a time. If you say, I believe that, that means you are persuaded of it. As far as you're concerned, the jury is not out about whether that's true or not. You're not laboring over that or trying to decide. That is truth. He's coming back. Right? And the dead will be raised. And we'll be changed. Will it, you know, is there a chance it might not happen? No. Are you persuaded Fully persuaded that's happening. Yes. Yes, That's faith. Now because you are persuaded of that. What does it give you? It gives you hope. Which is what? Confident. Joyous. Expectation. What does that mean? We're looking for it. We're expecting him to come. Right? It's soon. We're expecting the trumpet to sound. We're expecting him to come in clouds of glory. We're expecting the dead in Christ to rise. We're expecting to be changed. We're expecting. Why? Because we have faith. We're persuaded, so we have expectation. So before you have the expectation, you've got to be persuaded. Got to be persuaded. Abraham was what? Fully persuaded, and because he was... He expected. And he received. Now go to Romans please. Romans. The 8th chapter. Can y'all take some more? Are you believing with me now? Stay focused. We're going to please God in our life. We're going to get results. Is it possible. For you to have the dream. That you got in your heart come to pass. Is it possible. To mark off everything you got on your vision list. Is it possible. To be a big blessing to people. I mean, to God to use you beyond your wildest desires and dreams. Hmm? It's possible. What's it going to require? Faith. Every day, every morning, every night, right? On the weekdays and the weekends. Every time you start something, every time you finish, it's going to take faith, 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 faith in the morning, faith in the noontime, faith when the sun goes down, faith, right? And you better not get tired of faith. Because when you do, you're going to quit pleasing God. You're going to quit getting results. Let people mock. Let them laugh. Let them make jokes about faith people. While we rake in the blessings. While we get used of God. While we please God. After a while, they have to quit laughing. And say, uh, can you help me? 
It's happened. It's happened with Phyllis and I. More than once. People made fun of us. They mocked us. And sometimes two years later, sometimes five, sometimes ten, sometimes twenty years later, they called us. Now you might be tempted to go, well now, I know you don't want to hear about faith. (laughs) But you don't. Because they mocked and they made fun of faith. The very thing that delivers you. Oh, but no, it's not too late. Even if you said a bunch of dumb, stupid stuff about faith, you can repent and you can become the faithiest of the faith. Right? (laughs) You might as well just come on and jump in with both feet. If anybody saw you pulling in this place, they think you're one of us. (laughs) If you're going to catch flack for being one of us, you ought to get the rewards for being one of us, right? You get all the blessings. For being one of us. <laughs> We're so blessed. The flack don't bother us much. Right? It don't. Romans 8. Are you there? <laughs> Brother Hagin said one time. You know. They, he was criticized a lot. As anybody that's much used of God. And uh, people wrote books. Against him. Went on TV and talked against him. All kind of thing. Somebody had just released this book, and they—I they, mean—they did everything but draw his picture in their book. I mean, they—they they called his name. They did all kind of stuff. And somebody asked him from the staff came in. They were upset. You know, what are you going to do about this? Let's uh, let's call the reporters. Let's do an interview. Let's do this. He said no. He said no. He said no. He said if they told on me that I killed my own grandma, I wouldn't even take time to deny it. I said, what? He said, yeah. He said, I've been criticized by experts. These little old spurts don't bother me. (laughs) Romans 8, are you there? (laughs) Look in verse 24, 8-24. It says, for we are saved by what? Hope. Hope. I said, I thought we were saved by faith. You are. But where one is, the other one is. Right? Now tell me what hope is. What is hope? See, in today's modern usage, it's reduced and watered down to like a desire. I sure hope so. Is that what he's saying that you're saved by? Somebody says, are you saved? Will you be saved? Will you go with the Lord when the trumpet sounds? I sure hope so. But then you ain't. Did you hear me? You either believe it or you don't. You either persuade it or you're not. Right? And if you are persuaded that he has paid the price for your sins. And that they've been washed away. If you are persuaded that your name is in the Lamb's book of life. You're persuaded that right now he's building for you a mansion in glory. Right now. If you're persuaded, what does that give you? Confident, joyous expectation. And when we see the expectation and the excitement, we know the faith is there. Right? Do you see why I've said to you for years, how would we know if we're in faith? You ever heard that before? How would you know? See, I'm summing it all up in one word. Well, we're excited. 
Right? Okay, but why are we excited? Because we're expecting something good. Right? Well, why are we expecting something good? Because we're persuaded of something true. Let me go over that again slowly. Don't just watch and listen. You may need to teach this tomorrow. Now, I didn't say you had to open up your Bible and say point one, but it needs to be in you. Right? How would you know you're in faith? About your healing. Let's say the doctors told you that, you know, it's too far gone, you can't be healed. Can faith make a difference? Do we see instances where people's faith made them whole? Yeah. Well, how would we know if you got in faith about your healing? You quit crying. You quit feeling sorry for yourself. You quit asking everybody and your brother to pray for you. Did you hear me? You quit trying to get it. And you believe you have received it. Are you listening now? And when you believe you've got it. And you're persuaded of it. What does that give you? It gives you confident, joyous expectation of what? That the symptoms are going to change. That the pain's going to leave. That you're going to recover. That you're going to be all right. Does that depress you? No, it excites you. Going to be able to eat what I want to eat again. Going to be able to go and do what I want to do again. Right? That excites you. If you're not excited, you're not expecting. If you're not expecting, you're not persuaded. We're excited because we're expecting something good. We're expecting something good because we are persuaded of something true. Some folks need to write that down. That's why I keep saying it again and again. Persuaded of something true. Expecting something good. Excited about it. Now let's keep reading this in verse 24. Persuaded of something true. Expecting something good. And excited. Romans 8, 24. Says we are saved how? By hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for it? Does this sound familiar to you? How about Hebrews 11.1 again? Now faith is the substance of what? Things hoped for, which means the foundation of what? Of things expected. And what else is it? It is the evidence of things If you already saw it, you wouldn't be expecting it. Hmm? Do you ever get tired, weary of hearing people say, well, seeing is believing. And different variants of that. I mean, you see it on signs. You hear people talk about it. It's just a come with it. Well, seeing is believing. No, seeing is not believing. It's never been believing. Seeing is seeing. If you saw it, you don't have to believe it. There it is. You got to believe it when you don't see it. Right? It's a completely wrong statement. Seeing is believing. No, we walk by faith, not by faith. If you're walking by seeing, you're not walking by, by faith. 
And Jesus said, you know what things serve you desire? When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. When shall you have them? After you believe that you receive them. When do you believe you receive them? Before you have them. I'm going to go over that again real slow. When do you have them? After you believe you receive it. When do you believe you receive it? Before you have it. Now he's talking about you see it and you feel it. There's been people that say, well, I'm not going to believe I'm healed. And I look and feel sick. Well, then you're not going to believe. See, so many times people are waiting. They'll pray, please God heal me. Please God heal me. Please God meet my needs. Please God meet my needs. And then, you know, afterwards they're hoping and praying. Well, we're just hoping and praying. What does that mean? What they're saying is wait and see. Well, we just have to wait and see. Wait and see what? See, you know, we threw, I think we called enough people. I think we must have thrown out a thousand prayers. Maybe God will like one of them. Maybe one of them will hit. Maybe God will take a liking to you. And choose you to bless. We just have to wait and see. No faith. No hope. What? Not hoping and praying. But what? Pray and believe. And believe you receive them. And you shall have them. Now if I believe I receive them. I'm persuaded that God's heard me. I'm persuaded that he's granted my request. Right? I call it done. In Jesus name. But it's not done out here. But I call it done. Now what kind of situation does that put me in? What kind of state does that put me in now? A state of expected faith is the substance of things. It puts me in a state of expecting. Do I see it yet? No, if I saw it, there'd be no need to expect it. Right? No, I'm expecting. I'm expecting my body to change. I'm expecting the money to come in and pay these bills. I'm expecting to write a check and pay that thing off. I'm expecting the seed to come in for me to sow. I'm expecting. I'm expecting. Oh, come on. Somebody say expecting. I'm expecting. Why are you expecting? Because I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded of something good. Right? I need to stay on this a few minutes more. Can you stay with me? We're not quite where we need to be on this. Read the next verse. What a man sees, why does he yet hope for it? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with what? Patience, do what? Are we waiting to see if it's going to come? No, no. We're convinced it's coming. And we're waiting on the certain delivery of it. Right? Waiting on it. Waiting on it. We believe God's heard us. We believe he's granted us our request. But because we believe that and are persuaded of that, we're waiting on the results. We're looking for them. Yeah, here it comes. Phone rang. Ah, that could be it right there at the phone. No, that wasn't it. Okay, maybe it's the next one. Huh? Check the mail. Did you check the mail? That's not there. So don't let that move you. It's coming. It's coming. 
Somebody said they want to talk to you. Yep, yep, that could be it. Talk to them. That wasn't it. Oh, it's all right. It's coming. How long do you maintain that heightened level of expectancy? As long as it takes. And that's why he talks about don't be weary in well-doing. Don't grow faint. Don't cast away your confidence. you got to stay after it. See, this is the good fight of faith. This is our part. This is what we must do. Expect, 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 and keep on expecting. And see, the test comes when days turn into weeks, turn into months, or years. Then you can get tempted to go and cool off and go, well. And the devil will come and say, now, if it was going to happen, it would already happen by now. Said who? With the Lord, a day's like a thousand years, and a thousand years like a day. Time's not, you know, we think, uh, you know, a year's a lot of time. A year's no time. And the challenge is for you and I, and that's why you ought to be in a good church. That's why you ought to have good faith friends. That's why you ought to read your chapter every day, right? To feed yourself and stir yourself up, right? So that you don't get to the place where, I don't know, I've believed all I know how to believe. And it just, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh-oh, uh-oh. That's when you lose. Cast your confidence away. Now notice, in Romans, the fourth chapter, back up to there. This is that passage we were talking about with Abraham. He's called the father of faith. Abraham know anything about faith? Oh my, he pleased God. He's called the friend of God. Romans 4. The Bible said in verse 16, it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who's the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Before him are likened to him whom he believed, even God who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Now get this, get this. Abraham, see what happened? God told him. He didn't say, one day I may make you the father of many nations. He said, I have made you the father of many nations. And he's old and his wife was barren, couldn't conceive when she's young. But he didn't say, I'm thinking about it. It might happen. He said, I've done it. Change your name from Abram to Abraham. Some of you need to go ahead and change the name of your car from Ford to paid for. You need to change the name of your house from colonial or southern or Mediterranean to... What kind of house is that, brother? That's a paid for house. (laughs) I call it... Now, if it was already paid for, you wouldn't need to call it paid for. Right? Right? I was so used to calling certain things paid for. You know, Phyllis and I have been doing this for years. Something come up the other day. I said, I call it paid for. Phyllis says, we already paid for it. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm primed. I mean, you know what I mean? If it's a bill, if it's a I call it paid for. She said, baby, we already paid for it. I said, what else needs paid for? Because I'm, re- I'm ready to, you know. Call it paid for. And then, if we're persuaded of that, what does that produce in us? Expecting something to happen, right? 
money to come, debt really, something to happen so that it's a reality in this realm right away. And if we're expecting it, we're excited. We just go around all day with this smile on our faces. What are you smiling about? (laughs) Good things going on. That's how I answer the phone half the time. If I'm talking to somebody, I'm talking to ministers different places across the country. They say, what's going on, Brother Keith? I said, good things. I'm not, that's not just a standard saying. I'm expecting some good things that are going on. I'm looking for them. Looking for them. Looking. Where is it coming from? That's God's business, but it's coming. Keep your eyes on the horizon. Here it comes. It's coming. Expect. Now look at this phrase. Abraham. He acted like God and called those things that be not as though they were. So he received the name change and he changed his own name that God gave him. He took it and he went out and told all his employees. He told all his servants, all his family. He said, my name is no longer Abram. Don't refer to me like that. My name is father of many nations. Now somebody might have been tempted to snicker in the back because he's 99 years old. And Sarah's 90, couldn't conceive when she's 20. And he is the father of, not a new baby, many nations. How many of you got to have several babies? And they got to have a lot of babies before you got many nations. And if anybody said, uh, you know, because they called him Abram or Mr. Abram for a long time. He said, uh, 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 no, Abraham. It's not a word game. But you need to be specific about what you're calling things in your life. And you don't need to let anybody sway you off of it or change you off of it. Amen. Hmm? Yes. Uh, you, you're believing us. Somebody says, well, how's your arthritis? You go, uh, not mine. No, I'm healed. Hmm? How's that bad uh, leg of yours? No, it's not a bad leg. I call it healed. It's a good leg. Name it. Call it. These are not name games. These are not word games. It has to do with what you believe on the inside. Makes all the difference in the world. And he said, no, no, not Abram, Abraham. Abraham. Nobody call me Abram anymore. It's Abraham. He said, father of many nations. Every time somebody calls his name, father of many nations, father of many nations. But look at verse 18. Who what? Against hope. Believed in hope. Is hope important to faith? Is it a companion of faith? They're together. Now tell me again. What is faith? It's being persuaded of something. Right? And because you're persuaded of truth. It causes you to hope or to expect. So what does this mean? Let's insert the word. Against expectation. He believed in expectation. Right? That he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. What does that mean? Against hope, he believed in hope. This is a word from God for specific people right in here today, right now. Are you listening? What does it mean against hope? There was no reason for him to expect it to come to pass in the natural All hope was gone. He's 99 years old. Sarah's 90. She's gone through the change of life. She couldn't conceive when she's 20. Can you picture 99-year-old Abraham, 90-year-old Sarah showing up at the doctor? 
Doctor, we want to check up. Why? Well, we, uh, we're going to have some children. 99. 90. She couldn't conceive when she's 20. Against hope. What does that mean? There was no reason to have any expectation in the natural. There's some people in this place today. There's some people watching my internet. And you've been told there's no reason for you to hope. You've been told it's too far gone. You've been told nobody gets over that. You've been told nobody recovers from that. And you hear these people, bless their hearts, but it aggravates me when somebody tries to undermine another person's faith. And get mad at people like me and say, well, now you're just trying to get their hopes up. You better believe it. Well, you're just trying to get their hopes up. People get fighting mad at people like me. Because it ain't right. You get those poor people's hopes up. And then they're just going to be disappointed. I hear testimonies in this building. Every Sunday and every Friday about people that were not disappointed. These people who warn and try to scold and go, now you, don't you get those people's hopes up. They are doubters. They are unbelievers. Did you hear me? Don't you listen to them. Jesus didn't tell you, don't get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. Get them up as high as you can think and dream. Get your hopes up. Expect the impossible. Expect when there's no reason to expect. How in the world could you know, they're talking about people getting houses, but you ain't even got a job. How can you get a house? It's happened before. (laughs) How could you do that? You don't make, you know, $200 a week. How in the world? You don't have to know how. That's what faith is all about. Just expect it. Just expect God to move. Abraham. All, no reason to hope. In the natural, all reason to hope, gone. Keep reading. Verse 19. Being what? Not weak. In faith, he what? Considered not his own body, now dead, when he's about a hundred years old. Ninety-nine is about a hundred. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. One translation says it like this. Having considered it, he considered it not. Well, it's in front of him every day. The fact that he's 99 years old is hard to get away from. Right? The fact that she's 90 years old, they're reminded every time they get up in the morning. Right? And that she's never been able to conceive as a young woman. This is in front of them. The deadness of Sarah's womb. Couldn't conceive as young, has gone through the change of life, 90 years old. 
This is in their face, telling them there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. Have you ever heard the devil tell you that? There's no way. There's no way, no how, no way, no how. Ain't going to happen. Can't happen. You might as well just accept it and resign yourself to it. And man, there's a whole army of therapists that are ready to help you accept it. There's a whole army of professionals that are ready. And not, not just ready, they insist that you accept it. Something needs to rise up on the inside of you. And you say, ah, oh, no, no. Now you tend to your business and I'll tend to mine. I don't tell you how to practice law. I don't tell you how to practice medicine. You don't tell me how to believe. Right? See, sometimes people think because they're an expert in one area, they're an expert in everything. And they ain't. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Nothing, nothing is too hard for the Lord. Brother Keith, I think I might be saving $20 a week. How in the world am I going to pay off big debts this year saving $20 a week? Well, it's going to take more than that. But God can do more than that. And you don't have to know how. You don't have to know from where. If he deals with me, I will find you and put a check in your hand. I've done it many times. And there's a whole, how many else in this church would do the same thing? God deal with you. You will find them and put a check in there. It's happening. It's happening. Don't you tell me ain't no way. I don't know nobody. Yeah, you do. Look around. There's people all around you. Now, don't you go tell them that you think they ought to. Because that's you getting in God's business. You let him talk to who he wants to talk to. Your job is to expect, expect, expect. You get up in the morning expecting, inspecting. Every time you write a payment on that car, you say, I call this car paid for. I'm expecting chunks to come in and knock this thing out. I call this house paid for. I'm expecting chunks to come in. Knock this thing out. Call my body healed. I'm expecting this body to change. I do not expect it to stay like this. I do not expect it to get worse. I expect it to improve. I'm looking for improvement. I'm expecting it. Glory to God. Hoo, hoo, hoo. About to work myself up. <laughs> Getting my hopes up. <laughs> Are y'all concerned about me? No. Oh, Brother Keith, don't get your hopes up. Oh, yeah. We're shooting for the sky, man. What does that mean? Get our expectation up. Our expectation up. Uh, so many expect so little. In life, they get up in the morning and they expect it to be the same old, same old. They expect nothing different. They expect nothing better. They're lazy spiritually. Just kind of bump through life, expect to, you know, get up and go to work and come home and eat and lay the clothes out and get up and do it again. And I'm so bored and I just wish there was more to life. There is more to life if you'll do it. Right? You could be having miracles all along the way. You could be having outstanding things happen in your life. If 
You get your hopes up. Get your expector up. Expecting. Expecting. Everybody say expecting. 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 Look in Romans uh, 5. Well, I, I'm trying to sum it up, but uh, back up to 4. I wasn't through. He considered not his own body now dead when he's about 100 years old. This is 419. Neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did what? Staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. What does that mean? Well, you think it's going to happen, uh, Brother Abraham? I, man, today I, I think so. Tomorrow, man, I just don't know. How many of that does not work? You can't do that. You can't vacillate. Well, maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Today, yeah. Tomorrow, I don't know. You can't do that. You can't do that. You've got to be strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully, fully, fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Fully persuaded, no wavering, no vacillating, just high expectation. Every morning, every noon, every night. That's why you ought to have faith buddies. Huh? Yeah, you ought to have relationships that are being developed in the family here. And if you feel a little weak or something, you know, uh, you could call somebody. Or they could call you when they're led, if they're led, and catch you at the right time. And you say, you know, tell me I'm healed. Don't go cry and go into this great big old spiel about, oh, my faith is so weak. And I just don't think, no, <clears throat> zip. Just say, uh, tell me I'm healed. And a faith buddy will know exactly what's going on. Is there a, tell me that I'm paying off my debts. Right? Right? Don't go into this big spill about feel sorry for me or I'm having a rough time. Could you help me? That's all you got to say. Tell me that things are working out for me. Tell me it's coming. And a good faith friend will jump on that with both feet and go, you better believe everything's happening for you. It's coming quick. You're closer to it than you've ever been. You've sown your seed, have you? sowed seed and sowed seed and sowed seed. God is faithful. It's coming in. You've got to be close. It's got to be right here. Preach to each other. Stir each other up. Encourage each other. Right? That's what the Bible said. Why you should not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Why you come together and provoke each other. What does that mean? That's a word that sounds harsh to us, but it means poke each other with the faith stick. Is that right? You go, come on, bud, expect. Well, you know, I mean, uh, Dave, if he wants to say he don't talk like this, but if he comes and says, well, I just don't know the brother Keith, poke him. Ha! Get up there, brother. Yes, it's happening. We ought to carry our spiritual hot stick around with us. Isn't that what a hot stick is? Well, I just, oh, yeah, yeah, whoo, yeah, yeah, I'm believing. Excuse me, I, yeah, I'm believing. <laughs> Fully persuaded. Now, going down to the fifth chapter, I think I'm closing. He said, Romans 5, therefore, being justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And when you get in faith, you do have peace. By whom also we have access 
By faith. How do you get into these things? How do you get into the blessings of God? How do you get into the prosperity and the heat? It's all, you get in by faith. You have access by faith into the grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. How in the world could you glory in tribulations? Because you're persuaded that God is with you and you expect to come out of all of them. Knowing that tribulation works patience. And patience what? Experience. And experience works expectation. What does that mean? God came through for you the last 45 times. What's he going to do now? You expect him to come through for you just like he did last time. Right? Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. He cannot lie. He never fails. It works. Expectation or hope. And get this, get this, get this. Verse 5. And what? Hope. Hope. Oh, this is shouting ground. Hope. This kind of expectation makes not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost which is given to us. What does that mean? Oh, you hadn't quite got it yet. Go to the 10th chapter. This will back it up. Go to the 10th chapter. Verse 11. Romans 10, 11. For the Scripture says, when the Scripture says, can you count on it? Can you be, the Scripture says, Whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. Well, now don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up because you just be crushed. You just be disappointed. See, ashamed is another way of saying disappointed. These people are telling us, no, you can't count on God. You just never know. What God's going to do. That you can't. You, no, no. Don't don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. And I've had people talk to me. And go, Brother Keith. I just, I've just had so many disappointments in life. I just don't want to get my hopes up. I just don't think I can take it. Oh, hush. <laughs> what are you saying you're going to do? Huh? What are you going to do the rest of your life then? Have no hope, no vision, no expectation. No, you're not. Grow up. Quit. Hush. That's being a whiny baby. Somebody get them with that faith hot stick. Go reach over there and go. Yeah. I'm persuaded now. Yeah, I am. Oh, this is afraid I'm going to be disappointed. Well, I'll tell you what, if you do that, I can assure you, you will be disappointed. You're going to live in disappointment. You're going to stay in disappointment. I can assure you of it. Believe for nothing, shoot for nothing, and you'll get nothing, and you'll lose what you got. I'd rather shoot for the sky and believe for everything that's so far beyond me. And if I got half of it. (laughs) How many know what I'm talking about? But in God, you can get all of it. When we started this work, I had people that felt it was important for them to contact me and let me know that I was messing up. 
And he said, Brother Key, you've got a good ministry. You're busy. You've got more invitations than you can get to. Why do you want that church? I said, well, it wasn't my idea. <laughs> I'm glad it was God's idea. I didn't know you then. Well, I like you real good. And they were saying, well, Brother Keith, you don't have any congregation. You know, you're going to get that big old place, that big old facility. You know how much money a place like that costs to keep up with? What if three people show up and that's it? You'll fall on your face and you look bad. It'll hurt your ministry. Well, that's just what I didn't need to hear right then. But I went back to praying again. And finally, somebody asked me about it for the fourth. Phyllis and I finally said, we're going to quit taking phone calls right now. I mean, we just, you get tired of hearing all that stuff and you don't need to hear it. I finally, somebody asked me, but I said, well, I said, listen, I said, uh, you should not step out in something that you have not heard from God because you will fall. You can't try to get God to do something. It's just your idea, not his. You will fall. You will flop. But I've prayed about this. I've looked at this. I've checked my heart. We prayed about this. I don't tell them how many hours. And I'm a man. I could miss God. But if I go out and I fall flat out of my face, I'd rather do that. Trying to believe God and obey God than sit back at home and play it safe, scared to do anything. And there were more than three people came. And the bills have never been a deal. We've never, I mean, every need's met, every bill's paid, and everything's getting paid off right away. God is so good. I couldn't have done that. Phyllis couldn't have done that. Three or four of us couldn't have done it. God has done it. And He's doing it. And He's the same God in your personal life. Don't get your hopes up. You tell people like that to hush. Mind their own business. You're going to get your hopes up just as high, just as high as you can get them in the Word of God. Our expectation soars. Because as big as we can think and as big and wonderful and good as we can ask, He's able to do exceeding abundantly above that. Stand on your feet, please. Oh, hallelujah, let's give thanks to God. Oh, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Come on, let's praise Him some. Father, we bless You. We praise You, we give You glory. Thank You, Lord, thank You, Lord, thank You, Lord. Praise You, Lord, praise You, Lord. Praise You, Lord, praise You, Lord, praise You, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Said out loud, when I trust in Him, I will never be made ashamed. I will not be disappointed. I am not afraid to trust, to expect big things, things thought impossible. I expect anyway. Against hope. I believe in hope 
and I shall not be ashamed. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God, Lord. Oh, bring up in us the vision, the faith. Your word brings persuasion. Your word gives us faith and hope. Joyous expectation. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. Thank you, 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 thank you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.